What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC as we go from week four into week five. We'll get you caught up on the latest news going on around the conference, including Florida's game this weekend in danger due to Hurricane Ian. Jimbo Fisher confirms the loss of one of their star players for the year. Lane Kiffin calling out Rebel fans' attendance. And LSU fans not happy about next week's kickoff time. Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Florida as Hurricane Ian is expected to make landfall sometime in the coming days. And the state of Florida going to be heavily impacted. And that means Florida's game against Eastern Washington may be in jeopardy. It is still scheduled as planned. Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland uh, took to Twitter on Monday to say currently Saturday's game is scheduled as planned. Working with the uh, state, local, and campus officials to closely monitor Hurricane Ian and its potential impact on Gainesville and the surrounding communities. Head coach Billy Napier uh, expressed his uh, concern for Florida residents and said, uh, probably more important right now is we just hope everyone is prepared for the storm. I know that we're going to have some wind and significant rain here, but we got a lot of people in our state that are in for a rough ride here, so our thoughts and prayers are with them as they prepare of course less than an ideal situation for eastern washington which is traveling over 2500 miles to come down to florida to play the game but uh would have to think if this thing intensifies category three maybe category four like they're projecting hard to imagine that uh, florida you know might say it might be better to let's move this thing or postpone it cancel it whatever but as of now as of this recording game's still on but Again, continue to track this throughout the week because things can get really ugly in the coming days over in the state of Florida. Meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher, he met with the media on Monday and some bad news. We uh, kind of assumed it after Saturday's game, but Jimbo confirming it on Monday that uh, their lead wide receiver, Anaya Smith, is going to be out for the season. Uh, Jimbo called it a lower body injury. Uh, there was a report Saturday night. It was a... Uh, you know, leg injury. He was in a uh, in a boot and on crutches. Jimbo called it a huge loss. Said that uh, Smith was not only you know the senior leader for them, but uh, said he's going to be around to help mentor a lot of the young guys. Uh, was injured in that third quarter of AM's 23-21 win over Arkansas. For 38 games at AM, uh, Nye Smith has had 127 catches, over 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns. Also had almost 400 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. So, uh, unfortunate loss for the Aggies. On Monday, Coach Fisher also talked about uh, he was not happy with the win over Arkansas. He said, in evaluating the film, he said, I'm proud of the team, the way we competed. We had many times they had jumped on us to get away. We came back. 
He said, we won the game, and I'm proud of that, but not very happy in the way that we played. I don't think we played close to our best, and that's encouraging in that there's a lot more in there. We need to realize that and get it done. We just have to play better, have to coach better, and we got to uh, just go out there and do a better job. He said, not just better, but smarter. Now, Paul Feinbaum sharing his thoughts on the Aggies. He was on Jocks FM on Monday with Cole Kublik and Greg McElroy and said, I really haven't changed my view on a I still have some concerns. Concerns about where this team is this year. We can't say this too much longer, but the next two weeks are really going to tell us a lot. Feinbaum figures if the Aggies can beat Mississippi State and uh, can survive that gauntlet where they will end up playing Alabama, said they might be okay. said, I think probably the worst coaching room in America today is in Fayetteville. Sam Pittman and his staff think about the opportunities that got away with from them in just a blown game. That's really what it was. AM's still a very flawed team offensively, but in the end, you're judged by how many games you win and how you win them. So far, Jimbo Fisher is surviving. Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, his team is 4-0, getting ready to host number seven Kentucky on Saturday morning during his media availability on Monday. Kiffin was asked about the fan support in Oxford, and he took an opportunity to take a little bit of a shot at the fans. Said, regardless of what you come out to before the game or at halftime, when you come back out and you run out of the tunnel, it looks like a high school game played in a college stadium. You can't let that affect you. There's psychology to that. There's a home field advantage for a reason. When it goes the other way, you kind of have that feeling, are we still really playing in a game here? The players have to fight that. We use that as a learning lesson for our guys. Now, the lack of attendance in the stands over at Vaught-Hemingway, a lot of uh, people have been tweeting about it, media members, fans, and the like. Uh, so we will see what the uh, fan attendance looks like. But I think that's Lane Kiffin sending a message to the fans saying, hey, get your butts out here, be in the seats, stay for the whole game, and let's get a win over a top-10 team in Kentucky. Got a feeling they're going to show out a little bit stronger this week. It's hard to get up for the likes of Tulsa and some of the other teams they've played in recent weeks. Now, Ole Miss has rolled out some new uh, unis that they're going to be, uh, or at least – uh, helmet theme that they're going to be busting out this weekend in a uh, camo style uh, inspired alternate helmets and the Rebels announced that they will make their debut against Kentucky this weekend. Bill Jordan, who is the owner of Realtree, that's the company uh, who designed uh, what the helmets are going to look like. Uh, Bill Jordan played at Ole Miss as a wide receiver during the Archie Manning year, so a little bit of a connection there, but a lot of fans excited about it, ready to see it's like a white and blue and red coloring and looks kind of cool meanwhile over at kentucky mark stoops excited to get his running back back in chris rodriguez after a four-game absence on monday mark stoops talking about chris rodriguez said it was just a matter of managing him while he was out getting him the reps the last week or two and last week he was getting reps with the first and second team just to make sure he wasn't totally removed from practicing all of our plays he said the key was for him to stay in shape. He said he just needs to find himself. He doesn't need to come in and be our savior or anything like that, save our run game or anything like that. We don't need him to worry about those kind of things. We just need him to be himself, and we need the people around him, the other guys that are playing, to do their job. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, Nick Saban, he's gearing up uh, to go on the road to Fayetteville with uh, his tide to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks and some big weapons there, including quarterback K.J. Jefferson, Alabama transfer Drew Sanders at linebacker. 
Coming out of this week, Saban said Alabama needs to show that it can build on the positive things they did last week in that Vandy win. Uh, Saban also asked about Drew Sanders moving to inside linebacker. He said that was likely the plan for him had he stayed at Alabama, but he said it's good for him that he can play both positions and that he's doing well. As for K.J. Jefferson, Nick Saban said, the quarterback's a big, strong guy, hard to tackle, hard to sack, hard to pull to the ground, and he can push the pile and run over people when he runs quarterback runs. Just needs to not fumble. That's me saying that, not Nick Saban. Uh, he said, you can't really minimize the effectiveness of K.J. Jefferson as a passer. Really, really good. Got a strong arm. Throws the deep ball well. Make a lot of explosive plays. Now, as for on the flip side, Sam Pittman preparing his hogs, coming off the loss to A&M, preparing for Alabama. He talked about Bryce Young and said, look, if it's possible, Bryce Young's better than he was last year. Uh, last year, Arkansas fell to Alabama 42-35. It was a pretty competitive game. Arkansas hung in there, took a couple trick plays. But Alabama does hold a 14-game win streak in the series. Eventually, that is going to snap. Sam Pittman said, look, Alabama, they can beat you before you ever run out on the field. Programs like them and Georgia, maybe even Oklahoma and the Big 12, whoever it may be. But I think what happens when you play somebody close and you start having some belief that you got a pretty good team, we can go out, not make mistakes, play well, play hard, get some turnovers, things of that nature, and you have a chance to win the game. Certainly, that's where we're at right now with our football team. We'll get to more news going on around the conference in just a second. Thank you guys for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you about the Upside app. Look, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. If you want to get started, download the free Upside app. Use our promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's going to get you $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business, you pay as usual with your credit or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to like credit card rewards and loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app right now. Use our promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's going to get you 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using our promo code LOCKED on the Upside app. Run along here, locked on SEC, and we got a lot of news going on around the conference, and uh, so much so that we were only able to get through uh, half of the notes in segment one. So segment two, we'll continue this train rolling as we continue around the conference, and we head over to Auburn as head coach Brian Harson met with reporters on Monday and shared that T.J. Finley is expected to return to practice uh, after missing time last week with that shoulder injury. Harson said he's uh, he will practice this week. We'll see how the week goes. Family listed as the co-backup with Holden Garner behind Robbie Ashford for this game this week against LSU. Now, as for second-half adjustments, Brian Harson noted it comes in multiple areas. Tigers had just 200 total yards of offense, including just 82 rushing yards against Mizzou. He said, we have to be better. We have to make better adjustments. There are opportunities we've left on the field. Plenty to improve on, though. We've got to be better on third downs. Red zone has been decent, but we got to be a lot better on third downs. Uh, he said one key personnel move this week will be at center after Harson announced that starting center Tate Johnson will be out six to eight weeks because of elbow surgery. So 
things just keep looking rough for Auburn. But look, they can uh, keep winning, find ways to win. Even if you beat LSU ugly, still is a win. Now, as for this game against LSU and Auburn, uh, Brian, Kill, uh, Brian Harson said uh, he needs to put together uh, wins to work his way off the hot seat. Or rather, he didn't say that, but he has to work his way off the hot seat. But his tight end, John Samuel Shanker, talking about this game, said, it's probably one of the more physical games that you ever play in. Ranks up there with Georgia and Alabama, in my opinion. The attitude, there is a real hatred when you step on the field. Shanker is Auburn's third leading receiver on the season. Nine catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. But what's interesting about this matchup is, you know, don't think T.J. Finley's going to play at this point. But if he does, of course, he started his career with LSU. He's a Louisiana native. So you got that, those ties there. And then one of the wide receivers kind of coming on recently is Coy Moore, an, a former LSU football player as well so some LSU former LSU players now playing for Auburn there's some ties there uh depending on where you're looking at the line bet online anywhere from a seven and a half to nine point favorite LSU is listed as so we'll see where that line moves throughout the week up at bet online but uh man they're getting the love LSU is and everybody doubting Auburn but look a win is a win they found a way to get the win over Mizzou see if they can use that little uh, inspirational tactic heading into this game against LSU this week. Now, as for Brian Kelly and the Tigers, Brian Kelly talking on Monday said he's excited to get Joe Fouché back. The Arkansas transfer uh, came in this offseason, but has been dealing with some credit issues academically, got all that figured out, and uh, he stayed ready practicing with the team. Kelly said he was a pain to deal with because he was so good, playing so hard as a scout team member, and he made us better. LSU can put him back in the lineup today uh, or starting this weekend. Major Burns has played very well for them at that safety spot. LSU facing a tough stretch of games coming up with road trip to Auburn. Then they get Tennessee, Florida, and Ole Miss throughout the rest of October. Ryan Kelly saying, look, we've been able to make the process necessary to have a modest winning streak. This is modest. we got a lot of work ahead of us. This next month will tell us a lot we got an SEC slate in front of us over the next four weeks, which is going to challenge us to a new level. We'll certainly find out even more about this team's grit. Over at Missouri, some uh, kind of tough times for Eli Drinkwitz, blowing that game like they did at Auburn. Chip shot field goal by Mevis, who missed the kick, but also having to deal with star wide receiver Luther Burden, the big five-star that signed with Mizzou uh, inexplicably. Did not get a offensive touch in their loss at Auburn on Saturday. I believe they did go to him on a screen that was negated on a, a penalty. But um, I think it was also on a punt return. But Auburn getting the win. And now Luther Burden kind of uh, feeling frustrated. He posted on social media patiently waiting on his Instagram page. And removed his pictures and Mizzou from his bio. We'll see if uh, he keeps that up, if he puts everything back up. But this is the day and age of the transfer portal. Guys go somewhere, they're not happy. They will uh, take everything down pertaining to that team if things start going sideways. This is just where we are now in terms of college athletics. Some news over at Georgia. Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs handling Javon Bullard's uh, status internally after the defensive back arrested Sunday morning on a DUI and other traffic-related charges. Kirby talking with the media said, disappointed in him, hate it for him, has a wonderful family, 
but he made some poor decisions, and it will be dealt with internally. He did reiterate there's a process he will have to go through in the athletic department. It's still a lot of air in there. Multiple reports noted Georgia police uh, tested Bullard. His blood alcohol level was tested twice, came back at 143 and 148. That is over the legal limit. Uh, Bullard is just 20 years old, so we'll see what happens there at Georgia. In SEC TV news, CBS is going to use their doubleheader availability to put Texas A&M and Alabama in primetime in week six. That's that October 8th matchup between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. So no surprise there. They will take uh, Auburn and Georgia earlier in the day. Now, there was some surprise there because a lot of people thought maybe Tennessee at LSU could get that spot. But CBS, I guess, didn't think highly enough of that. And, you know, look, you want to put A&M and Alabama in prime time? Sure, why not? A&M is winning games right now. And, look, Alabama owes them payback for the loss last year in College Station. But Auburn at Georgia? I guess it's just a chance to showcase the number one team in Georgia. But uh, that one does not project to be a very competitive team. Even some Auburn fans are telling you that right now. But, um Baton Rouge reporter Jacques Doucet took to social media and said that the decision by CBS to pass up the attractive matchup between LSU and Tennessee not once but twice has drawn the ire of LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward and several SEC officials. I don't think anything will happen with this, but kind of stinks for LSU. You get a top-ranked team like Tennessee coming to Death Valley. You want to play them either in the afternoon or at night. Not at 11 a.m. on ESPN, but that's what it will be. So if you missed it, the uh, week uh, of October 8th games, 11 a.m. Central, it'll be Tennessee at LSU. On the SEC Network, it'll be Arkansas at Mississippi State. That should be a good one. Uh, Also at 11 a.m., Mizzou at Florida. That'll be on ESPNU. The afternoon, 2.30, 3.30 Eastern, will be Auburn at Georgia 4 p.m. Eastern, it'll be Ole Miss at Vandy. 7.30 Eastern, it'll be South Carolina at Kentucky on the SEC Network. And then, like we mentioned, the A&M at Alabama game. 7 p.m. Central on Big CBS. Now, the SEC Network decision makers called an audible for SEC Nation this week. Uh, They were supposed to be going to Mizzou, Georgia. But after Mizzou lost at Auburn like they did... They announced the show will air from Ole Miss, Kentucky. Look, that's going to be the better game anyway, but uh, change happened after Mizzou's overtime loss. That was reported by Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch. SEC Network had already arranged travel plans for the show. Uh, Matter also added that SEC Nation not expected to appear in Columbia for another game this fall. Uh, Missouri also has SEC home games against Vandy, Kentucky, and Arkansas. So, going to be a long, long season for Eli Drinkwitz and company. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. When we return, we'll get to the SEC Players of the Week that were named. That in just a sec. Well, along here, Locked on SEC. And if you missed it, uh, following SEC Week 4, the SEC naming their SEC Players of the Week. And a lot of praise for a lot of folks around the conference. And we start with Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. He was named SEC 
Football Offensive Player of the Week on Monday. Obviously, uh, 22 of 28, 349 yards, two touchdown passes, zero interceptions in the win over Florida and Knoxville. Also showed off his running ability, 13 carries for 112 yards and a rushing touchdown. Had an eye-popping 206 passer rating. So, shout out Hendon Hooker. That was outstanding. On the defensive side, Alabama linebacker Will Anderson Jr. and Texas A&M defensive back Antonio Johnson both being named co-defensive players of the week. Anderson just all over the field against Vanderbilt. Two and a half sacks. Moved up to uh, second place on the Crimson Tide's all-time sack list behind only Derek Thomas. Had a couple solo tackles. And then Antonio Johnson in the win over Arkansas had 13 tackles, five solo in the big win over Arkansas. Meanwhile, as far as special teams player of the week, that goes to Jack Pudlesny, the uh, Georgia kicker. Went three for three on his field goal attempts. Made all four of his extra point attempts in Georgia's win over Kent State. That's one I didn't expect to be saying. Georgia's kicker, special teams player of the week in the win over Kent State. They needed all those field goals, though. And then as far as freshman player of the week, got a co there as well. Quinshawn Judkins, the running back at Ole Miss, and Kentucky wide receiver Barry and Brown, both named co-freshman players of the year uh, of the week. Rather, Judkins, 27 carries, 140 yards, two touchdowns, and the Ole Miss win over Tulsa. And then Barry and Brown, four catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns in Kentucky's win over Northern Illinois. So congrats to both those guys. Two young players really having an impact already on this season. And then offensive lineman of the week went to junior Javantes Spragans uh, helping uh, Tennessee pile up almost 600 total yards of offense over Florida. And then Auburn senior linebacker Derek Hall, he was named defensive lineman of the week. Six tackles, five solo, and two sacks and Auburn's win over Missouri. So uh, congrats to those guys. Well-deserved. And before we get out of here, I did want to bring something up. The Athletics' Seth Emerson bringing up a report that NCAA officials uh, not happy with the length of games so far. The average FBS game is going three hours and 22 minutes this season. That's a four-minute increase from five years ago. And basically what they found, or they found the cause of college football games that are getting longer and longer. They said it's not replays or timeouts. It's an increase in passing plays. And one of the solutions they're proposing is to treat incomplete passes like plays where the ball runs out of bounds. The clock will, would stop only until the ball is set to be hiked again. So in other words, incomplete pass, you set the ball. Normally everybody looks at the sidelines, everybody's talking. In this instance, you would start the clock there, and the clock would run again, except in the last two minutes of the first half and the last five minutes of regulation. So I kind of like that. I mean, is it really necessary? Is anybody complaining, man, that college football game took too long? I mean, look, maybe if you're watching a blowout or something like that, but my goodness, some of these good games, we want them to last longer. Auburn-Missouri this past Saturday, we probably didn't want that one to last any longer, but... You know, the point is, is it really that big of a problem? Is one of the biggest issues in college football right now, oh, man, this game went four minutes longer than it was supposed to. Who cares? 
college football. Let's enjoy it while we got it. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow as we start to turn the page, look ahead to the Week 5 games, and our buddy Chris Marler will stop by. We'll get his thoughts on everything coming out of Week 4, heading into Week 5, and much, much more. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. We got Locked On Vols. We got Locked On Bama. We got Locked On Georgia. uh, Locked On Arkansas. We got you covered in just about every school you're looking for across the SEC. So wherever you find your podcasts, go search that out. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow.